previously on Growing Up Gilmore. Oh my god. Yeah, right? It is so Bracebridge dinner it setup. Is. How dare you? Oh my <laughs> god. I hate when you do that. She reveals that he got into a fight with Dean and he's like, Dean? And she's like, my boyfriend? And his response is, oh, you're still dating him? Before he does that look, he looks away. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then when he turns back and she's still looking at him, uh-huh. that's when he does the eyebrow. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she kind of is into it. Like, Oh, she's very into it. Hello, everyone. This is Amy. And this is Lise. And we are Growing Up Gilmore. This week, we are discussing Season 2, Episode 11, Loans and Stuff. This means we are officially halfway through Season 2 already. Yeah. I can't believe it. (laughs) I feel like this has flown by so much faster than Season Uh 1. I'm so excited, though, because I think I texted you the other day and I was like, We're finally getting into, like, gold. Yes. Yeah. Gold territory. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The good stuff is coming. So, without further ado, Elise, who is our writer and director for this episode? Okay. So, I'm going to start with the writer, because I'm really excited about the director. Okay. Okay. Um, So, we've had her before. It's Linda Louise Guzik. Okay. I apologize if I'm saying her last name wrong. It's spelled G-U-Z-I-K. I mean, that's how I would say it. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so the episodes she directed be- or uh, written before, she did the teleplay for Star-Crossed Lovers and Other Strangers. Mm. I still don't really know the technical what teleplay means, but it's basically she co-wrote it. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. With someone else. I, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about teleplays. Um, but then she wrote for, wrote Emily in Wonderland. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and this will be her second to last written episode. Okay. And then she will write again for this um, season, um, episode 18. Back oh. in the saddle again. Okay. She is best known for her work in The Profiler. I've never heard of that. Me either. If I had to guess what Profiler is about, I would say it's about a cop yeah. who profiles people. Yeah, that would be my assumption as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the director is Nicole... Hulfensinner. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I was like, I, you know, didn't really know her name. And then I pulled it up and she is the writer and director for one of James Gandolfini's last movies that I adore and love. Oh my gosh, is it that romantic com- yes, romantic Yes, Julia Louis-Dreyfus yeah. <laughs> that I told you to watch immediately after Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, enough- Which is so funny because there's a Soprano reference in this yes, episode. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. Enough Said um, is the movie. Okay. Um, great. Rom- I mean, I love a romantic comedy if it's done well, and I like the throwback romantic comedies, yeah. 90s, 80s. Um, and this There's one, just a different charm to them. Yeah, and I feel like Enough Said um, really kind of uh, 
it rose to the occasion Got of it. rom-com. Got it. So, but she's also done a, a, done, um, a ton of other um, shows, too. She directed Enlightened. Um, that is starring Laura Dern. Okay. And Enlightened was kind of this, kind of flew under the radar. It was Mike White. Mike White is known for White Lotus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so she directed that. I think that's really cool. It's an HBO show. She did four episodes of Parks and Recreation. Oh, okay. And Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Okay. One episode of Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. Um, Miss Fletcher. And I she's, haven't seen that. Yeah, it was okay. It didn't get renewed. It only went on for like one season. Got it. But it has Catherine Hahn in it. And I'll watch anything with Catherine Hahn. And Lucky Hank is her new series. Um, I just heard of it when I looked it up. But Yeah, I've never heard of that. It's from like the, um, I think the producers of like Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad. Got it. Um, so that's a 2023 um, series. But okay. yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah. She also directed Friends with Money. Oh, I don't know that. Kind of an indie Got it. kind of thing. But yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So we were talking before we started recording about how this feels like a breather episode. Uh-huh. Like the last few episodes have been so intense with story and mm-hmm. characters and everything that we're like, we selfishly want more, but... They were like, no, no, no. (laughs) Go take a shower. Clean yourself off from all the sweat from the drama. Yeah, and it's like not a romantic episode. No. There's no romance. And I think I peeked a peekabooed a little bit of a Reddit last night, and people were like, I don't like this episode. And I think that's why. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I enjoy this episode because I feel like it... It pulls back layers on Lorelai. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And in relationship with um, her mother. Yeah. I think there is a lot of depth to this episode, actually. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. From a discussion standpoint, you can find a lot in mm-hmm. this episode. Um, but, you know, if you're just casually watching, I could see why yeah. this would be one you would skip. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think let's get started because there is a lot to kind of unravel with them and uh it'll keep us busy all right we are opening at luke's lorelei is there studying for business school and she's waiting on rory i guess she's had six cups of coffee or this is her sixth cup of coffee that luke is pouring and says that she has a problem um which is nothing out of the ordinary for them uh Rory, Rory. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, you wanted to say Lane, didn't I did, you? yeah. Rory comes in, and she has an envelope with her, and I guess it's her PSAT scores. Did you have to take a PSAT? Um, yeah, I think so. I think I did, too. But in if you're not going to, like, a coast school in the Midwest, you don't really have to take the SAT. Mm-hmm. Now it's the ACT, yeah. I think. Um, but so she took the AC PSAT and what were her scores? Um, 740 verbal and 760 math. And she's beating herself up over her verbal score. 
and Lorelai's like, those are really good scores. Like, you should be proud of yourself. But she's like, I'm more of a verbal girl, not a numbers girl. Yeah, and Lorelai says, no, 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 I'm the verbal one. <laughs> yeah, which is cute. But I, we know that Rory is a bit of a perfectionist, but I don't know how you could get scores better than that. Like, this makes me want to look up what... Okay, so... Pretty awesome. Yeah. I would love to be that smart. 1520 is the highest... Oh, wow. For like... So that'd be 760. So she got 760 on her math. So like 15... What did you say? Sorry, 1520? Yeah, 1520. So like you... You mean like total? Like verbal and yeah. math combined? Verbal and okay. math combined. So I was so, going to say, that's not that great. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Such a bitch. Um, oh, I see what you're saying yeah. now. Okay, got like it. Like if it was 740 out of 1520. Yeah, you're like, oh, Rory, God. <laughs> Work a little harder, please. No, it says that top 1% is between 1460 and 1520. So she... Um, and this says to get into an Ivy league, you need to have a score between 1280 and 1520. Okay. So, so she's definitely in the top 1%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, if 1520 is like the score to have, she has 1500. So she's only 20 points off from a perfect score. Dang. Just from my basic Google knowledge of... She wanted... She wanted higher verbal than math. Yeah, and so the... I feel like that 20 points really came to verbal. Yeah, it did. So symbolically, do you think that if we looked at this... I know this is probably too deep. But if you think of, like, verbal as more of, like, right brain, left brain... Mm-hmm. Is she I surprised? Do think, I think she's surprised at how much more logical yeah. she is than, you know, I think just because you read a lot of books doesn't mean that you have a, a logical brain. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe what she's equating it to, where it's like, I think you are a little bit more black and white than you than you thought Mm -hmm. originally. But yeah, no, I think that's a great point because I do think she, she struggles a lot starting now with like the black and white of Mm -hmm. issues and like, what's okay. What's not okay. Why is this okay to me, but not okay to others? Yep. And, like, almost what we talked about before, too, where she doesn't, where she's not the type, and, like, she's not, like, the one that gets wrapped up in, it seems like, romance stuff. Right. Like, how Lane does. Mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of falls in line with the 760 math score. I do, too. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of cool. And then even, like this episode where she has to take on being the one that tries to fix the house problem. Right. 
Yeah, she's more logical. And, and like Lorelai says, I'm more verbal. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's very true. Like we've said before, and even Lorelai has said, you're the sensible one. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that gets to be dramatic and and go off on these tangents and whatever. So it, it does feel appropriate that she would score higher in the more logical category. Mm-hmm. But I think she believes that because she's well-read and is always reading that she should have a higher verbal. But, I I mean, I think it's fine. I think it's great. I mean, And I think it's good that Lorelai is like, you need to gloat about that. Those mm-hmm. are really good scores. Yeah. Like, don't beat yourself up over it. Also, like, a PSAT doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of the world. This is just telling you where you would be when you take the SAT. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's not beat ourselves up because... Of 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like she was just like, well, I could have... Maybe I got too cocky and I... Didn't study enough that... On, yeah. yeah. I think that's ridiculous. But I'm glad that Lorelai told her to gloat. And to be proud of herself because those are really good scores. Mm-hmm. With the verbal, she probably, I feel like with test taking for me anyways, I overthink. Yeah, I do every too. Every question. Mm-hmm. And then I do the self-doubt and then I change it. And I, mm-hmm. So maybe she just overthought, maybe. I think that's probably true. I don't true. know. She, but she did say I was maybe too cocky, so. Yeah. No, Whatever. I think that's interesting. But yeah, great, great, great score. I'm excited to see where she lands versus Paris uh-huh. on those. So we'll have to make sure we talk about that when we get to that point. Because, of course, we're going to hear what Paris's score was. Mm-hmm. All right. This episode starts with Lorelai getting out of bed. And it has one of those, like, cute little moments where they go about their morning routine. And Que Sera Sera is playing. Just have fun. Um, note about K Sarah Sarah. Yes, please. Okay, so this is um, sang by Doris Day. Mm-hmm. I love Doris Day. Me too. So this song actually is in an Alfred. That's when Doris Day sang it. It was for an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Oh, really? Yeah, the man who knew too much. Interesting. Isn't that cool? And I think that like Lorelai has a very Doris Day charm about her mm-hmm. and it just fits so well yeah. i just wanted to throw that in there no i love that we had um a doris day singing a bushel and a peck at our wedding oh, that's yes. what the little ones walked down yep, the aisle yep, too i remember that yeah so i, I love doris day yep. but i did not know that that's yeah. interesting and if you want to watch a good rom-com um it is pillow talk with doris day and rock hudson oh okay it is like was like my 10-year-old staple. It is hilarious. But anyways. Anyway, that's good to know. I should watch that because I need to familiarize myself more with classics. Yeah, I think I... I'm marking down the man who who knew too much because I like Hitchcock, but I I haven't seen that one. Hmm. So I'm going to mark that down for my summer movie. Yeah, that's a good idea. Hope everyone knows. I'm glad you know now. (laughs) (laughs) So 
she's pouring her coffee. She smiles at Rory. Everything's great and wonderful. She's walking out on the patio. It looks like it had just snowed again. And so she's, she's in heaven. Yeah, she's admiring everything. And then all of a sudden, she takes a step and her foot goes through the floor mm-hmm. of the patio. And it's just like nice, um, the pairing of Kay Sarah, Sarah to this yeah. kind of... Mm-hmm. cheeky moment and then it's like everything comes crashing down yep and her foot goes in and she goes rory and we cut to the two of them talking we have a moment of fat shaming here because rory asks is the porch just in bad shape or are you too heavy jesus and it's like okay i get that like it's your mom i would never make that joke to my mother no, but I guess this is also an example of showing how their relationship is different, but also of its, its like, time. Yeah, and I just I feel like this is when this season is where where the fat shaming starts. Yeah, because big it's time. it's a big a big theme. I yeah. feel like in this series. Yeah, definitely. So we find out that Kirk was there checking to see what the issue was with the foundation because apparently he is now an exterminator of some sort and he says that they have termites that the foundation is infested with them and that it could come down at any minute and each time he talks to them he wants to get further and further away from the house Mm -hmm. so it's like "Mm, i think we should talk outside I think we should talk in the yard. Would you let Kirk inspect your foundation? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. But I understand, and we see, she doesn't have money for, like, an actual expert. Yeah. So, she finds out that it's going to cost $15,000 to, well, $2,000 to exterminate, and $15,000 to then fix the foundation because the foundation is crumbling from the termites i feel like that's not that much i mean it is so to me it is a lot of money but i feel like with inflation today that would be twenty five thousand dollars okay because that was Bryn was like i don't think that that would still be fifteen thousand dollars today so twenty five thousand dollars is what it would be today and Mm -hmm. i'm like I am with Lorelai. I could not imagine what $25,000 looks like. (laughs) Like, there's no way. And Rory is clearly panicking. She's like, we'll never eat again. This is a huge problem. And Kirk's like... Her first worry is food. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. We're going to have to shop at the grocery store with coupons. God (laughs) forbid. But Kirk asks, you know, what are you going to do? Lorelai is like, I don't know. And he's like, well, you should figure it out because that's going to crash at any minute. You really should move the dishes. And he's like, you could just fix part of the house. And she's like, we like the whole house. And he's like, that kitchen? Really? It's like Kirk always has to get his little, like, dig. dig. And what's wrong with her kitchen? I love her kitchen. I do, too. I do, too. Um, But... Kirk leaves. They decide. It's very clear that Lorelai is like inwardly panicking, but trying to keep cool for Rory. 
but Rory is very aware that this is a serious problem. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this is a a big problem, mom. Like, a big problem. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? And she's like, we'll figure it out. We always figure it out. And we, as the audience, know the last time Lorelai needed money, where did she go? Yep. It's going to end up going there at some point even like we know it is because we've seen the episode but even as like if you were watching this as a first time viewer you can put you can put two and two together mm-hmm. so and I think that part of this is and I wanted to save some of this discussion but I personally feel like Lorelai is not displaying the true devastation of being terrified. Yeah. And I think, because personally, if this happened to me... I would be a mess. Yeah. And, I mean, from hearing it from the second I heard it, I'd be like, oh, my God. But, like, Lorelai is more reserved with this, and I think it's because... And I think this is with people who know that there is someone who can help. Right. It's that air of we'll figure it out. And if we don't, at least we know there's always a plan B. Yeah. We're like, if that happened to you or I, there is no plan B. No. We'd have to die. Yeah. I would be (laughs) eaten alive by termites. (laughs) So that's, yeah. But we can already see this juxtaposition between Rory and Lorelai because Lorelai is like, well, it's, it's fine. We'll figure it out. And Rory's like, no, this is serious. And that's going to be like the overarching theme Mm -hmm. with these two. I mean, it always is, but especially right now we are at Chilton and it's lunchtime. And we open with Rory sitting at one end of the table and Madeline Louise counting Fritos at the other end of the table. And they're counting, I think, to 12, which I'm like, the bag that they're eating is probably like at that time, those like 100 calorie snack packs were really popular. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that that tiny bag of Fritos has more than one serving in it. Yeah, no, they're they're like like, breaking it up in thirds or something and drinking water and they go, I think it's Madeline that says, I'm depressed. And then Paris sits down and she's like, Madeline, Louise, did you get your PSAT scores? And Madeline says her score and Paris is like, that's respectable. When Paris asks Louise what her score was, she gets she says, "I got highlights around my face." She no, she goes, "What did you get?" Yeah, what did you get? I got highlights around my face. <laughs> well, you'll study and try again. And she goes, "And then I'll get my nose done." So oh I'm like, okay. She, I, I kind of wonder if Louise is the type that like they say goes to college for her MRS degree. Have you heard that saying before? Um, it's like Mrs. married. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like Paris says this thing to her. She's like, you just need to apply yourself. And yeah. I think that is such. I do think that she's actually smarter. I than, do too. Yeah. 
she, but she's just one of those people who doesn't apply herself. No. And Paris is like, yeah, I got my scores and I was so nervous, you know, imagining what they could be. And I couldn't wait to open the envelope and like building this up. And Madeline Louise are not listening. And like Rory's at the other end of the table. Yeah. And I think Rory, she can pick up on what Paris is trying to do. Yeah. So she's like, okay, Paris, what did you get? And Paris says she got a 730 verbal and a 750 math. math. Yep. So 10 points less in each than Rory did. Mm -hmm. And before Paris says, she goes, and I'm not bragging, (laughs) but this is what I got. And... Rory's like, those are that's a good score. Those are good scores. And then Paris is like, well, what did you get? And Rory's like, I got good scores. And she's like, but what are they? She goes, that's personal. <laughs> and they have like this back and forth. And she's like, well, are you happy? And she goes, yeah, I'm happy. And she goes, but are you the kind of person that looks at a sunset? And feels happy. And feels happy. <laughs> and... She's like, I need to know what your barometer is of happiness here. (laughs) And Rory's like, well, I don't look at a sunset and feel unhappy. And she's like, you know what? I don't need to know what your scores are. But just so you know, when I look at a sunset, I don't feel happy. So my my happiness expectations are pretty high here. Yeah. And I'm like, Paris. Oh, my gosh. So do you think that... Rory just doesn't want to tell Paris because she knows that she will, like, totally unravel if she knows she had a 20-point difference. Yeah, and I think also it's fun to bother Paris. Yeah. And how often does Rory get the chance to hold something over Paris? Especially when she's, like, trying to gloat, you know, and it's just, like, so annoying. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to, like... You're just too, this is too easy, so I'm going to throw some accelerant on this fire. Yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. That would totally be me. (laughs) Even if I did worse than Paris, I still wouldn't tell her. Yeah. I'd just be like, no, I'm really happy with them, just to, like, mess with her a little bit, you Mm -hmm. know? That's your Aries. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, I guess, you know, and Paris is relentless. She wants to know, this is not the end of this conversation because she needs to know she has to yeah all right it is the middle of the night and Lorelai is lying in bed with her blankets like up to her chin and she's like looking all over the place and then suddenly we see Rory in bed Lorelai comes in and she says can't you hear them they're eating everything I can I can hear them just like chewing and gnawing away at our foundation and Rory's like If you go to sleep, you won't hear them. Go to bed. Lorelai goes back to bed, and then suddenly Rory is, like, wide awake. And then we cut, and they are walking to Suki's. (laughs) So clearly that noise, or not even noise, but the sense of your foundation crumbling, that would keep me awake. Yeah, well, any infestation gives me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, completely. It's like, ugh. Yeah. It, like, triggers my trypophobia. Yeah, definitely. You're like, "Ah, I can't. can't." It just, like, (laughs) makes my skin crawl thinking about it. But so they are on their way to Suki's, and 
Rory says, was she even awake? Like, I hate doing this to her. And Lorelai's like, yeah, she was awake She when she answered the phone. And she's like, well, how many times did you call? She's like, I don't know, like 20 or 30. <laughs> so clearly not awake. But when they get there, she's awake. She calls them the termite whisperers, which I didn't write down as a reference, but I do know that that was a talk show. There was like the dog whisperer. And it's like, like the, the early two thousands, the, uh, the horse whisperer, yeah. which they turn into a movie, yeah. As well, so it is kind of a reference, but I was like, no, mm. I wouldn't count it. It's yeah. just kind of a generalized. I think at that point, it was so just like well known what mm-hmm. that was, um, at least for Americans. I can't, we can't speak like worldwide, but. Um, Sugi says this is going to be so much fun. It's just like a slumber party and lists off all these things like doing a mango avocado mask and doing tarot cards, doing um, Twister, Twister, making milkshakes, watching Purple Rain. And Lorelai's like, "Uh, Suki, it's midnight. So she's like, let's just go to the milkshakes. Rory says she's going to drop her things off. And then this gives Lorelai and Suki a chance to kind of talk and then update the audience on what's happening with the money situation. Lorelai says that she called the bank and that they passed the phone around and they all laughed at her, which is a very dramatic way of her saying, I was denied for a loan. Mm -hmm. And she tells Suki how much everything's going to cost, and Suki's like, that sucks. And I'm sure Suki is not in a situation to help beyond letting them stay there. Mm -hmm. But also, Lorelai would never ask Suki for help anyway. Um, When Rory comes back in, Lorelai fills her in on the bank, and she, Lorelai calls herself the biggest loser in Stars Hollow. And they said, there's no reason why you shouldn't get a loan. Like, you're an upstanding citizen. You... Raised money for the oak tree. You made all the donkey costumes for the Christmas festival. And you played Tevier and uh, Fiddler on the Roof, which I have never seen that show or movie. But Bryn was like, that's the dad. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And he's it's like, hilarious. I wonder if that's like a, a slip in joke to be like, if you know the show, this is very funny. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah, it is hilarious because thinking of Lorelai doing that honestly would be so fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. She said it got five and a half stars in the (laughs) Stars Hollow Gazette. She's a total like she would do so well in community theater. And I love community theater. Have you ever had to play a male role? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, in choir, I sang male like parts, but I think that's it. I don't think I've ever had to play a male role. Mm -hmm. No. Have you? Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) Freshman year. Um, I did one play in high school. Um, the the high school production was midsummer or not midsummer. (laughs) Midsummer. (laughs) Ari Oster, like just some, okay, sorry. Midsummer. Um, midsummer's night's dream. Okay. And I got a male role, and I was really upset because I wanted to be a fairy. But then looking yeah. back, the fairies didn't say anything. 
It was because I was so talented. No, I was starveling. Not a very big male character, but I had a monologue at the end. Well, hey, a monologue is a monologue. And I wore a suit. And I remember coming out into the dressing room and Britney Spears was really big. And I just like did like a dance in that suit. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> okay. Weird theater person. And then stage manager in well, our in town. high school theater, those kids are weird. And I feel like and I, I can I, say that as a former high school theater person and a former high school theater director. Yes. Like, just... There is no time in your life where you are more allowed to be authentically yourself than in the theater in the theater and like I did that's why I came out in that suit and like I like did like a full-on almost strip danced <laughs> and I love to that Britney Spears you. yeah yeah and singing it because <clears throat> yeah. I but anyways and then and the stage manager in our town which is I didn't have we didn't play it like I was male but it, I played it more gender neutral I sure. guess um, but that's typically paid by a male. Yeah. I love it. I love seeing women do male roles. And, I do too. And males do women roles or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. The Guthrie has gotten a lot better about like cross-gendering roles. Mm-hmm. Like when we saw Romeo and Juliet, Mercutio was played by a woman, I believe. I'm pretty sure. And I thought. That's cool. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Who cares? Mm-hmm. We, I have cast different gender roles mm-hmm. in like my own productions because for me, ultimately, what is the difference? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you get more of a unique take. Absolutely. A thousand percent. A different, there's a different understanding to the character. Mm-hmm. That and sometimes I think it can create an environment where people are more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like if it's a scene between a man and a woman, but you have two women playing it, there's a different comfort with two women than sometimes there would be with a man mm-hmm. and a woman. I agree. But anyway, that we just <laughs> dive deep into that. But. <laughs> So well, it's our podcast. It's our rules, our world, and you're just <laughs> living in it. <laughs> but as they're making this milkshake, they're having this conversation. Suddenly we hear a thud in the closet or in her pantry. And Lorelai's like, what was that? And Suki says, oh, it's just my shoes. Like, sometimes they're just so stacked in there and they just fall. And Lorelai's like walking over to the closet as she's saying this. And she goes, Jackson? And he's like, yeah. She's like, what are you doing in the closet? And Suki made him go in the closet because she didn't want Rory to be uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's like, do you, do you know who her mother is? <laughs> Like, really. And, which is very sweet, and we love Suki for that. But um, Jackson says he'll only come out if they promise not to laugh at his pajamas because his cousin owns a Xerox company, and he makes pajamas with pictures from high school on them. And a part of me wonders if this is the cousin that we meet later that's played by um, Nick, Nick Offerman. Offerman. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? 
Um, but he comes out and his pajamas are covered in pictures of him in a wrestling singlet, which is like a onesie spandex romper. It looks like them. I kind of paused the screen on it and I think they might have like photoshopped like Jackson's oh, face on there because it looks goofy the face, as hell. Is, the face is way bigger than the body <laughs> on some of the pictures too. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, you definitely photoshopped those, which fine. Yeah. I love that. I would love to be the props person on this show mm-hmm. um, or the costumer too, uh, which you can follow on TikTok. She does mm-hmm. have a pretty big um, TikTok following, but yeah. So, we are left now with the girls at Suki's and again, no progress on the money front. So we will see what uh, transpires from here on out because we're running out of time. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> we now have a little short scene with Rory coming to visit Lane's mom and or coming Rory going to visit Lane and runs into Mrs. Kim and Mrs. Kim says, says, get out, get out, get out. You're a carrier. Taylor says that you have termites. Everything inside is made out of wood. You have to leave. And Rory's like, I'm not a carrier. Like they don't decide what they're just like feeding off of our house. They're not going to come and attack all of your furniture. And she suddenly pulls out a hose, which us being from Minnesota, we know in the winter time, there's no way you could use a hose. (laughs) Like it'd be frozen. But I mean, we know in California where this is filmed, it's like probably 90 degrees while they're filming this. So of course the hose isn't frozen. It's kind of, yeah, kind of a, I don't know if that's something that director should have caught. And I then think like, so. Yeah. Yeah. I liked her sweeping <laughs> her off with the broom. More, yeah. But yeah. she's like, what's that at your feet? And she starts spraying her. And I'm like, this is not, this would not happen. But yeah. Why would she even need a hose in the winter? Why right. would you need one? You don't. That's yeah. It doesn't <laughs> make sense. But, but like, can you imagine Mrs. Kim? During COVID-19. Oh, my God. No. That's all I got to say about that. But didn't, wasn't there a phone call or something? No, there wasn't. Didn't, there was some kind of in a previous scene that Rory told Lorelai that she's been having a hard time getting hold of Lane. Yeah. And we still don't know why that is. Yeah. And Lane was not there, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. So, yeah, we still have not discovered the reason for that, but yeah. we will shortly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are back home with the Gilmore girls, and Rory is filling Lorelai in on Mrs. Kim, spraying her with the hose, and she says it's like a scene from Silkwood. And this is why they need the hose. Yes. Now I realize. So explain this reference to me. Silkwood is a Meryl Streep movie okay. that came out in the 80s, um, and it's starring, it's based off a true story, but it's about a factory worker who basically works in, with like very, I can't remember the harsh chemicals, but anyways, okay. she gets exposed to it, they hose her down, it's like this very intense scene. 
Got it. Very okay. intense. She gets hosed down. So that's why they need to have it in there, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to cut down, you'd have to cut the Silkwood reference out. Right. Interesting. Um, but that movie also stars Kurt Russell. Fox. Anyways. <laughs> well, they have this conversation and Lorelai is sitting at the computer. We never see Lorelai sitting at a computer. Um, but <laughs> we don't. No, we don't. And she even says later that she hates computers. But Rory asks, you know, how are things going on the money front? And Lorelai says, oh, well, I was turned down by, you know, an, four banks today or whatever. And she's like, that's kind of a lot. And she goes, it's not the quantity of banks. It's the quality. And when Jack's loans and stuff says that you don't qualify, then you have a problem. And Rory says, I think I know a solution, a very obvious solution to our problem that you seem to be ignoring. And Lorelai says, that's not an option. And Rory tells her, they will help us. They want to help us. And Lorelai tells her, this it's not worth the obligation that we would have to have. Like, Chilton is worth the obligation. This is not. And Rory is really struggling with this because she's like, this is our home. This is where we live. Why would you not want to figure this out? It's like, okay, mom, you, excuse everybody, excuse me, because I am suffering from allergies right now. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, Lorelai, it's like you got denied multiple times. By right. bank, like there is no solution for you. Yeah, for us. Yeah, and she would rather struggle than you'd rather make this a big deal because you know at the end of the day you're just going to take the money. Right. You know you're going to do that. Yeah. So we have to do a whole episode of this, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like literally. Exactly. Yeah, and. I can I can tell that Rory is really having a hard time with this, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't end there. We are at Friday night dinner, and it is revealed that Richard is working. He resigned, as we all know, and is tying up all of the loose ends before he's officially done. So it's just the three girls. Lorelai says that she has a headache, a tension headache, and Emily says it's because she works too much and she works too hard. And she goes, oh, no, I'm just suffering from a... a Consumption. Consumption and a touch of the vapors, but I'm going for a leeching later. Rory says, oh, no, she's actually suffering from... What does she say? Exterminate... Exterminitis? Yeah, exterminitis or extreme exterminitis or something like that. And Emily's like, what is that? Rory tells her that we have termites and they have eaten the foundation and mom can't get alone. And like Lorelai whips her head at her like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And Rory does not stop. She like word vomits out. And she acknowledges her looks too. Yeah. She's like, I'm doing it. Yeah. She's like, if you're not going to save our house, I will. Mm-hmm. And Emily gets up and says, how much do you need? 
she goes to her little cute desk where she writes out all of her checks and whatever. And Lorelai, and she and like I want to note that Emily seems very like oh no. Yeah, like, and it's she's very concerned. genuine. It's very gen. It's not like mm, snotty or like. No, she's like that's horrible, and she's like, well, how much do you need? Let's get it taken care of right now. Mm-hmm. And Lorelai's like, no, I don't. I can figure this out on my own. And she's like, it doesn't sound like you can. And I think that's what sends Lorelai over the edge. Uh huh. When she's like, it doesn't sound like you can take care of it. Yeah. And she can't. She really can't. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's probably very hard. I would have a hard time hearing that myself. Mm-hmm. But here's your solution. It's right in front of you. I understand having pride and not wanting help because we've all been there. But at one, at what point are you like, this is my home? Yeah. Like, what happens if your home collapses yep then where do you go you know yeah i i think what's going interesting too in this scene is that we have such a dynamic between mother and daughter Mm -hmm. in so many different ways Mm -hmm. you know between rory and lorelei and lorelei between emily Mm -hmm. yeah and, like, I feel for Lorelai in the sense that I feel like she wants to look, like, a certain way to her daughter. Mm-hmm. And now her daughter is, like, taking it upon herself to ask Emily. Yeah. Which impedes on what... It, it's just so, like, there's so much going on, and I can, I can feel for Lorelai. But, yeah. like you're saying... We have to have a home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And you've tried your options. It's not that you haven't tried. Right. And yeah, because Rory even says, like, you got denied by four banks to which Lore, five banks. And Lorelai goes, I made up Jacko's loans and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but still, like, four banks is a lot of no's. And yes. And Lorelai, like, there was a lot of people out in the world who wouldn't have no one to go to. Right. You were so lucky mm-hmm. that you have parents with this kind of money that, yes, I think everyone can see that you're not the type of person that exploits that. Right. You're not. Right. And in this case, you're very lucky and you should be thankful. Mm-hmm. And just swallow your pride, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you have a daughter, yeah. too. It's like, be one thing if you just had to burn the house down. I don't know. I mean, what are you going to do? She's being really immature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this goes back to what we talked about earlier with the PSAT scores. Like, the logical choice yep. is to just ask the parents for the money. Mm-hmm. And even, like, work out a loan. Like, same thing with Chilton. You intend to pay it back. But, yeah, she can't. I think it triggers. I think that this is very deep deeper for Lorelai because I think it's very symbolic of I left my parents when I was 16 to do it all on my own and now really it's all of this is reflecting my choice Mm -hmm. choices Mm -hmm. that I'm not able to do this on my own completely and 
also maybe little deep fears of maybe I should have settled with Max. Maybe I should have settled with someone. Maybe there could be a two-income situation here when I'd have someone helping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we don't really see or hear her talk about Max again for another two episodes. Mm-hmm. And when she does finally talk about him, or excuse me, three episodes, because it's 14 that we see him again. It, But doesn't Emily bring up, I think an episode, I think it's the next episode, and she's like, so uh, do you think you're going to get back together with Max? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, what about the man with the beard? Mm-hmm. She's like, Luke? No, but like, I think that he's brought up a little bit, but like, I don't know. But sorry, your train of thought, I just interrupted it. You said (laughs) that he was, (laughs) okay. Like escaped Like, okay. So she has maybe some deep rooted, like small fears in her that maybe I should have settled down with Max or someone because then... Am I not as far as I should be? Yeah. Well, and I think, too, it's we have to remember that Rory is the age that Lorelai was. Yep. And I think this becomes one of those things where it's like, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a parent and I'm an adult and I have to figure this out. And I don't want my 16-year-old to be the one to figure it out. Yeah. Because... I'm the adult. I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. This is my job. But and I should have I should have the 25. I should have the option to do this myself. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And that my choices have caught up to me maybe. Yeah, I think that's very true. But also this is very reminiscent of our generation today. Oh yeah. Like there is no reason There's no reason that people should not be earning a living wage, that people should be paying, you know, twice what they make to live in an apartment or a home or whatever. It should not be impossible to have a home and 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 be able to do it on your own if you need to. Exactly. Because it is so hard to be like one income. And like I feel bad for Lorelai, like. I've had doubts like that too. And I'm like, dang, should I have just like settled? Yeah. <laughs> you know, someone? Yeah. but like, yeah, it's just, it's true. It's very reflective of our generation. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I feel for Lorelai and it is hard to do things when you are self-sufficient. Um, even when I was self-sufficient in a small town, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And you have to like have, I mean, Lorelai just is not making that kind of income. You have to have a really good job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but we know that there's fire coming because of the look at the end of the conversation. Lorelai takes the pen and puts it in her purse and she says, you'll get your pen back after dinner. And then she turns and looks at Rory and we know it's coming. Hmm. Yeah. We are back home and feeling the wrath of Lorelai Gilmore. <laughs> ah. Rory says that Lorelai has not even looked in her direction in the last two hours. And 
she keeps trying to get Lorelai to talk to her. Lorelai stomps up to her bedroom like a teenager and slams her door shut and starts cleaning up things. And Rory says, will you please talk to me? I know you're mad. And Lorelai says, were you not here for the conversation that we had right before we left? I told you that was not an option. And she goes, but this is our house. And you weren't going to be able to do it. You didn't have the courage to ask. So I did it for you. Mm-hmm. And it's Lorelai in this moment. And we've talked about this a million times, but when her and Rory argue, it's like two sisters fighting. Mm-hmm. And she is the kind of person that does not have the capacity to have an argument right after something happens. She needs time to process and come to an understanding of her feelings in the moment. Mm-hmm. I think that it's okay if you're like, I mean, if someone's like this, you kind of just have to adapt to it yeah. and like just give them their space. Yeah. And I, this kind of reminds me of Bryn and I, mm-hmm. because when we have arguments, you need space. I need space. He wants to fix it immediately. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can you just give me some time to process? I'm kind of similar too. Yeah. Because then I feel like I get more heated. It's just like, just give me space because then I just need to think. Yeah. Because I feel like when if we tackle it right away, I am I get more overwhelmed. Like, and just I, let yeah. me work through my feelings. And I'm more likely to say something that I don't mean. Yeah. completely completely like I need time and I think that's the logical part of me and not to say that it's illogical to want to solve the problem right away but my brain I think just gets overwhelmed so fast where I think Bryn is like able to sort through like emotions and the situation and he looks at those as separate things where for me, it's like this one big messed up scribbly ball of things. And I have to like, and yeah, I get sort through it. I get how someone would want to just be like, well, let's, let's just get this over with. Cause I don't want this hanging over us anymore. Yeah. I get that feeling too. It's like, let's just clear the air and figure it out now. So we don't have to do it anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Completely. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, this is so much bigger than just a fight. This is your home. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure what ticked Lorelai off more than anything is when Rory said you didn't have the courage to do it. Yeah. So I did. And it's like, mm, you couldn't be the adult, so I had to be the adult. Yeah. Poor choice of wording. Yeah. Um, but she's a kiddo, so it's... Yeah, what do you do? I mean, that is the only way this problem gets solved. And I have a lot to say about the fact that Lorelai never acknowledges that this did not get solved or that this got solved because of Rory. Mm -hmm. But we can, we'll save that. Yeah. Because there's a lot to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. It is a new day and Rory is sitting outside of Stars Hollow High waiting for Dean. She's reading some alternative magazine, I'm guessing. (laughs) 
it looks like not AP, but something like that. Yeah. And suddenly you hear think fast. A ball goes flying past Rory's face and she turns around and it's Dean and he sits down and she's like, why would you do that? Why would you throw a basketball at me at my head? And he's like, well, if you would have turned around when I said think fast, you could have caught it, which causes Rory to tumble into this whole like, I hate sports out of all of the balls and all of the sports. The orange one is the worst and goes on and on. And Dean can tell that she's crabby. She's mm-hmm. frustrated. It just reminds me of that clueless scene where she's like, my doctor says I can't have be part, participate in any sports where balls fly at my nose. <laughs> and then Dion goes, well, there goes her social life. <laughs> God, that's such a good movie. Anyway, sorry. Um, but Rory tells Dean that they're, she's in a fight with her mom and... Um, as we were watching this scene, I said, you know, I really thought Dean was super cute in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I thought the same thing too last night. That's really weird. I know. I wonder if it's like the winter with like all the layers and maybe he just looks more mature in this Yeah, there's something episode. sexy. He was serving a certain look. He was serving a look. Yeah. I love that you said <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, I think... I don't know what it is. I don't. I think he had a little bit of a tan. I, I always think he looks kind of cute when he's got a little bit of a tan too, like a little color. Yeah. He's got that pretty olive skin tone, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, and I don't the, know. In contrast to his eyes, um, looks nice. But, yeah, but he, I mean, I let him make out with my neck. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. Take that out. I'm not taking that. Okay. <laughs> Um, but they're sitting there and he kind of alludes to the fact that they're both very stubborn and she's like, I know, I know we can both be stubborn. That's what you're trying to say. And he said, well, amongst all of the other amazing qualities that both of you possess, there is the ability to dig your heels in. And he has this like way of communicating. They have this way of communicating with each other now that you don't need words Mm -hmm. and she can pick up on what he's trying to say, which I think is very sweet and charming, but it's clear to me that this has become comfortable Mm -hmm. and there is, he's like, I know you, this is what you're like. Yep. Yeah, it's predictable mm-hmm. at this point. And if we think about things from like the grand scheme of Rory switching from Dean to Jess, Jess is unpredictable mm-hmm. and unreliable. Where Dean is like old reliable, always there. You know what you're going to get with Dean, that kind of thing. Um, and so then, it's interesting and then to Ro- see that balance. And Rory almost becomes predictable. Yeah. Totally. Too. And this this kind of, like Jean says, don't worry, you guys will work it out. You know, you mm-hmm. always do or whatever. But it's kind of like, well, you know. Yeah, will we work it out? Are we I just, don't know. are we doing the same? Am I just doing the, is my life kind of just the same right now? I don't right. know. Yeah. Am I doing the same things, but just a different day? Yeah. So 
he asks if she'd like to get coffee. She says yes. He runs to go get his basketball. And at that moment, a group of cheerleaders has come out of the school. She turns and looks, and Lane is one of the cheerleaders. And she looks, they make eye contact, and she looks straight ahead. And she's like, I need to go get coffee now. And walks off. So now we know what Lane has been up to. So Lane has kind of been ghosting Rory, mm-hmm. which is odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I am curious what your thoughts are behind Lane joining the cheer squad. Because that seems like something she would not do. Mm-hmm. But we we can get into that when they finally talk Connect. about it. Yeah. yeah. We are at the Independence Inn. Lorelai is on the phone with one of the bankers, Banks, and it's clear that she's called back a few times because he says she's like the Energizer Bunny, or she says, I'm like the Energizer Bunny, and she goes, I just thought I'd call again to see if you would want to reconsider giving me a chance on the loan, and he basically says no. And she's like, okay, well, I'll try again in a few days. And she hangs up and Michelle says, I don't think you're taking the right approach. Maybe you should be offering a lap dance. And when she looks at him, he goes, you're joking. (laughs) (laughs) But they're working. The phone rings and it's Emily. Emily tells Lorelai that she spoke with their friend, Miles Hahn, who is the president at U.S. National Bank, and that she got her a meeting at 3.15 on Thursday with him. And she says, oh, okay, you got me a meeting at your bank. And she's like, what you do with that information is totally up to you. All I did was ask a friend for advice, and he gave me a meeting time. And Lorelai's like, well, tell your friend thank you, but I really can't make it. And Emily's like, he'll be there whether you're there or not. And that's kind of where it ends. Yeah, and Lorelai's kind of implying that Emily got this meeting with this banker because he wants her. Yeah, because she says, oh, well, what else did you offer him? Mm-hmm. And Laure- and Emily is like, Lorelai, <laughs> whatever. I think... This is Emily being a mom, and Lorelai is so uncomfortable with the prospect of that that she can't accept that she's just doing a nice thing. Mm -hmm. So, we shall see. Yeah, there's not a lot to discuss here. It's just that I could see that Lorelai might be annoyed because it's like... This is why she needs money, and now, like, her mom is calling her at work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like she hates when her mom calls her at work, and I don't blame her. Yeah. Well, and we see in the next episode what happens when her dad shows up at work. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And I think Lorelai's like, please just let me figure this out. But I think Emily saw Rory as a cry for help. Mm-hmm. And she's not going to ignore Rory. No. So I think that that's where it's like, this all stems from. Yeah, it's like, well, you need you need help. Mm-hmm. You're not going to... Emily and, knows. And it's like, if I can't give you the money, then let me give you an opportunity... To meet with somebody. I have connections. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, 
a lot of success that people have is from who they know. Yeah. It, it's, it's not about what you know a lot of times. It's about who you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You and know? this is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are with Rory and Dean leaving the diner. They talked things through. She's feeling a lot better because she has like an impromptu mini makeout session with him in front of the diner. And Lisa's like, God, stop it. <laughs> it's like so intense. Well, and I think it it's so bizarre because he is like two feet taller than her. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why? <laughs> why are you so tall? But whatever. <laughs> Um, he wanders away and as he walks away and Rory starts walking, she sees Lane and there's this like great moment where it's like you see Rory's intense stare and then you see Lane's intense stare and then suddenly they're walking towards each other and the direction of this feels so like Western Mm -hmm. type. Like they're about to have like a, a showdown. Yeah. (laughs) I want to see, like, a tumbleweed rolling. (laughs) Um, But she's like, okay, so this is why you've been AWOL lately. And Lane says, you know, you're busy with school and Dean, and I needed something to do, and I didn't want to tell you because I knew this is how you would react. And and she goes, it's... She's like, how would I react? Yeah. She's like, well, why did you do cheerleading? And she's like, well, why would you? We used to make fun of it all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think Lane is someone who, and we've talked about this before, which I feel like I've said a million times this episode, but she's really struggling with her identity. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a true, like, teenager experience. We don't get to see Rory struggle with her identity until next season. Mm -hmm. So it's... In some ways, I think Rory is delayed in that sense because she's still trying to figure out. She's still very naive about things. She's still very planted. Yes. And Lane, I feel like, is always reinventing and and figuring things out Mm -hmm. as best she can with her situation. But and she yeah, I mean, she has limited. Um limitations to being able to expand or like, you know, what can be in the perimeters of what her parents allow her to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think she, Lane makes a good point when she says, this is why I don't want to tell you things because of how you'll react. And she really calls Rory out on the judge on the judgment. Mm-hmm. Well, Rory is super judgmental. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of like that. You're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what about it? Yeah. Is it hurting anybody? No. And also you don't have to look at it because we don't go to the same school. And we don't really hang out much more any- no. anymore either, which is, I'm not complaining about it, but like, then let's let me, you know, hold these pom poms, girl. Yeah. Like, I am allowed to try new things and meet new people and experience life without you mm-hmm. because you are doing the same exact thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I get it. I mean, yeah, I, I see both sides of it where mm-hmm. it's like, this is jarring because we used to make fun of it. 
And then Lane being like, well, I need to do something. Yeah. And it's very like what happens in in friendships a lot. And yeah. I would, and not even just in high school. No. Because as you grow, people grow in different ways. And mm-hmm. then there's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not, you know, it's in any relationship where, yeah. Yeah. There, you're going to take different paths. And sometimes yep. it's just, it's sad though. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're feeling a little sad about. Yeah. It's without, like when you they have just to, don't have the words for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think it is one of those things where you are starting to realize, like, maybe we're growing apart. Yeah. And. But what, how, how do we navigate our friendship into a different level then mm-hmm. than it used to be? Mm-hmm. And then if we don't, if we're not like how we used to be, does it mean that we're not going to be friends or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting because it makes me think about like friendships that I've had mm. that, you know, have not ended on like bad terms that have just ended. Yeah. And I'm like, when was the last time I talked to that person? Mm-hmm. And why did we not ever see each other again? And I think it's just a very realistic thing of like our paths just didn't cross anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think with social media, it makes it a lot easier to. Like, stay connected to those people without being connected yeah. to those people, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. But, yeah, I think for these two, because they've been friends for so long, it is like they're navigating rocky waters here and they're not sure how to do it. We have a little short scene here at the Gilmore residence. Luke is under the porch checking things out. And he comes out and he says, oh, it's not so bad. And she goes, "Um, Kirk said that there was like major damage. And he goes, oh, yeah, there is. And she's like, and that the structural integrity is horrible. And he's like, yeah, it is. And he's like, but I can I can fix all of that. And she's like, you can fix this. And he goes, well, not me, but I, I have a contractor and you wouldn't even have to worry about the money right away. And she's like, what do you what do you mean? He's like, well, I'll have the guys, you know, come do the work and then you can pay monthly, bi-monthly, whatever works for you. And she's like, okay, so when I eventually do like make these payments, who do I make them out to? And he's like, well, uh, me. And she's like, that's a loan. And he's like, no, no, you just, you know, take the money and exchange it and we'll figure it out. And then he's like, Oh yeah, that's a loan. <laughs> and she's like, well, thank you, but I can't take it. And he's like, well, I thought I'd try. Good. Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that she didn't take him up on it, but I think it's very sweet of him to offer. Yes. <clears throat> and great that very sweet that he was underneath her floorboards. <laughs> yeah anyways but (laughs) while they are talking Rory comes home and she's like Dean called and she's like rah 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 and she walks into the house and then Luke says well what are you gonna do and I think that's when she realizes I am out of options if this is as bad as Luke says it is it's bad 
and I have to get this fixed. Mm-hmm. So we know what that means. Time to go to the bank. We are at the bank, and when we get to the bank, we discover that Emily is also at the bank. And to be honest, Lorelai should have known. Mm-hmm. For her to be surprised that she's there is a little shocking. Yeah. <laughs> but she's there. She says, I simply came to see whether or not you would show up. And Lorelai storms out of the bank. And she says, if you're going to be here, I need you to be silent and not not have any part of this conversation. I want this to be me trying to get the loan, not me trying to get the loan because of your relationship with Miles Han. And she's like, fine, I won't say anything. And they get in, Miles meets them and says, let's go into my office and and talk things through. They go into the office and it's very clear that Emily has already filled him in on Lorelai's situation. Lorelai is immediately frustrated because she can tell that there's like this rapport between Miles and Emily and it feels like they're they're talking around Lorelai, if that makes sense. And Lorelai's like, Mr. Han, I know that you only granted me this meeting because of my mother, but I need you to treat me like any other person that were to walk in here asking for a loan. And he's like, well, okay. And he looks at all of her credentials and says, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. And Laura, what does she expect? Right. You've been turned down by (laughs) literally every bank. And she's panicked now because now she's like, now I'm being denied in front of my mother. This is the last option that I have. And she's like, my daughter really needs to have a roof over her head. What am I supposed to do? I need to save my home. You have to think of something. And he's like, well, you could have someone co-sign on the loan with you. And it cuts to Emily and she's taking a long sip of her coffee. And Lorelai's like, mom, would you be willing? And Emily says, I would love to. And so the papers are going to get drawn up so she can co-sign on the loan. Now, what happens, for those of you that may not understand, my general knowledge of co-signing is if something were to happen where Lorelai couldn't make the payments, it would fall on Emily Mm -hmm. to then make the payments. Emily doesn't have to do anything with it. Lorelai can have the loan, make all the payments herself, and that's it. Emily doesn't have to be involved with making payments at Mm -hmm. all. But this is clearly still very upsetting for Lorelai. Because she doesn't want her involved at all. Right. And when they leave the bank, she says, what's the arrangement going to be this time? Sunday night tea? And Emily gets very upset with her and says, I just wanted to do something nice for my daughter. And she storms off. That's like a little quick summary of the scene. There is a lot that happens here between Lorelai and Emily. Mm-hmm. 
it becomes very apparent that this is probably a moment where Lorelai feels like a kid again. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting there and I can just like picture her envisioning herself like a little girl in like a white dress sitting in that chair while Emily talks to the bank man about this and that and whatever. And she's like, no, I'm the adult. I need help. I need to do this as myself. But to be denied in front of your mother. I don't know what she expected. She said, treat me like anybody coming off the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I'm not that big of a dumbass where I would be like, he's going to change. Well, that's just it. What? And he's just going like, to like look at you and be like, whoa, you're so beautiful. We'll give you the money. Like what? What yeah. are you expecting? Right. I don't, I don't get this. Right. I don't know why I'm so mad. Well, it is like a little <laughs> shocking that she is so surprised. But it's like, wake up. You knew what this meeting was going to end in. And I think that this came to a pretty good um, resolution where yeah. Emily is just the co-signer. Right. And it's not as much of like Emily giving you the money. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay Emily. Mm-hmm. You're paying the bank. But, right. yeah, I mean, she's tied to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think... And she's so ungrateful. That's what... That was my next point. Lorelai does not thank Emily for doing that. It, and even if Emily went in there and she knew that that was going to be the end game. And she probably did. Mm -hmm. And that's why she really showed up. But thank your mother for doing that for you. Yeah, because even, like, I don't know if the other banks didn't give her an option for the cosigner because they just weren't interested. You know, and in this situation, it's like, well, we know your mom and your Mm -hmm. dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'd be happy to have them as a co-signer. It's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't say thank you. Like, this, this is, solves like your mind-boggling to me. Mm-hmm. Mind-boggling. She's so, like, caught up in the pride of it all that she doesn't realize what her mother just did for her. Yeah, and for Rory. And like, look how sweet she was to Luke when he offered her the money. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, no, I can't take it, but thank you. Like, very sweet, like genuinely sweet. Yeah. And then your mother helps you, and you're like, well, what do you want from me now? It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, yeah, you're resorting relax. to be like a twelve-year-old, fifteen-year-old girl mm-hmm. with an attitude. What do you mm-hmm. want from me now? Mm-hmm. It's like, girl. Leads me to wonder, though, did Emily want something? I know we will see more later. Yeah. Um, I think. Or does she th- think of this because she gets pissed? I think she thinks of it because she gets pissed. Yeah. But that's my perception, and we can get talk more about into it. That. We are now at Stars Hollow High, and they have a big, like, traditional bonfire kind of thing going on. Mm -hmm. 
and Taylor is announcing that they have new uniforms and they have a new coach and he wants the boys to show off the uniforms and they're like, but it's so cold outside. And he's like, you'll show them what they paid for. <laughs> it's so creepy. It's so unhinged. Yeah. Um, but then the cheerleaders come out. Lorelai walks up. And she and Rory have this discussion about what had transpired. She said, we figured it all out. And... She says, but I don't want you to interfere, like, ever again. And Rory says, I know, but I was just worried because it's our house and it's where we live. And Lorelai says, listen, have you ever been without food or clothes or a a home or anything? And Rory says, no. She goes, and that's because of me. And when I was watching this with Bryn last night, he said... Lorelai always has this way of ending arguments by by playing the parent card and saying, we're best friends, but if you wrong me, I'm a parent mm-hmm. and you're a kid. And I think this is a great example of that. I think so, too. Yeah. So she doesn't thank Rory at all. Yeah, because like in road trip to Harvard, she even says, Rory goes to her, you didn't, you're not telling me why you broke up with Max because I'm, I'm your best friend or whatever. And she's like, you're my best friend when we go to a U2 concert. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm your parent. Yeah. And it's like, you can't, you don't get to just pull out the parent card whenever you want. That's not a thing. And then not like want to be a parent when... I don't, yeah. yeah. There's so many things where it's like, Rory, I'm your best friend, but Rory, you can't have boundaries. You mm-hmm. need to tell me everything, and I need to know mm-hmm. everything because I'm your best friend. And you don't get to pull out the, well, I'm your daughter, and I would like boundaries from you, mother, mm-hmm. card. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Exactly. I agree with Bryn. Yeah. Um, but as they're talking, the cheerleaders start this little cute thing. Their, what do you call it? Their dance. Their routine. Their cheer. Their pep cheer. And it's a little saucy. Yeah. Like, they, like, jump. Like, they turn around and they put their hands on their hips. Yeah. And then they do this, like, swerve with their butt. Yeah. And I'm like, does Mrs. Kim know that she's a cheerleader? (laughs) Like, I don't. And, like, they're doing high kicks. Yeah. I feel like Miss Kim would be mad about that. I know. But... The Gilmore Girls are smiling and enjoying the show. And Lorelai's like, is that Lane? And Rory's like, yeah. And they just kind of, you well, know. I mean, Lori kind of has like this like scrunched up face, too. I'd be like, if I was Lane, I'd be like, wow, she hates I know, it. I know. And I think Rory is just trying to understand. Mm-hmm. In this moment. And that that's something that I will say I appreciate about Rory is she doesn't jump to things. She really kind of takes it in and she is willing to accept when she's wrong. Mm-hmm. So and we get to see that because in the next scene, she walks up to Lane and 
you know, she says, it was fun. It looked like you were having fun. She's mm-hmm. like, it'd be weird if you were doing it professionally, but it looked fun. And Lane's like, it is fun. I am having a good time doing it. Yeah. And so they kind of come to a resolution of, we can accept each other and our differences. And there are going to be things that we don't agree on or that we don't do together. And that's okay. Uh And it just shows growth, I guess, more than anything else. Mm. So, yeah. Be true to your school. Yeah, I love that the troubadour sings that. It's a great transition. Mm -hmm. And I know you were like, I want to push him off of the bike rack. (laughs) He was like leaning on the bike rack. Yeah. No, I I like it. I think it'd be really funny if that scene was like ending and like Lane and Rory walk past him and he's like singing to be true to your school. And someone just like kind of pushed him and then he fell backwards. Why? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, it's secrets and loans. We can't all love the troubadour, I guess. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. We have come full circle now. We are back at Friday night dinner, and there's a little tension in the air. Lorelai tells Emily that they tented and they've started working, and the guys are really nice. And Emily's like, well, that's good. And then she excuses herself to go get more bread. And Lorelai says... I'm going to go after her. They end up in the kitchen. Lorelai apologizes to her mom and says, I just like, it just like totally left my brain. (laughs) Okay. Lorelai goes in there and she's like, listen, Emily, listen here, bitch. (laughs) No, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. She says, I'm sorry. I'm really grateful. I'm really, really grateful that you did that for me. And Emily says, wow, that almost sounded sincere. Well, she says, I'm just used to people wanting something from me. They don't just give to give. Yeah, yeah. And so they've patched that up. And then Emily goes, by the way, I'm going to be holding all of my DAR meetings at the inn from now on. I hope you don't mind. And it ends with Lorelai saying, God, she's good. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Emily intentionally had that ulterior motive from mm-hmm. the beginning. I think that's something she thought up after their argument. Yeah. And she's like, why? Actually, I, she does have a good point. I could get something out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it, I should because she was a total bitch to me. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and too, I think it's a, another way for her to keep t- tabs on Lorelai. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's the episode. Not a lot of juicy stuff. I think that this episode really is a catcher upper, actually, mm-hmm. of plot. Yeah. You know, of the whole, hey, let's refresh the audience that kind of what we did in season one where Lorelai needed to go to her parents for the money for children mm-hmm. and you know the whole plot device of her having to be with her parents 
because of an obligation of finances. Yeah. Yep. Completely. I think it's just like, remember, she's still poor. Yeah. And they do this. There's another episode where she needs money. Yeah. Yeah. When they start the inn. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's not anything new. And I think it's interesting that her starting the inn never came up. Like, she wanted this loan, but didn't think about how this would influence her building the inn. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious as to how much she had in her savings where she thought she could start an inn, but is getting denied for a loan. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's probably something they just didn't think about or didn't think we would think about in that moment. But this is like a catcher upper. Like, remember, this show is not just about like the love triangles and the Mm -hmm. relationships. Like there are other things actually happening to these characters, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think overall... It's an okay episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like, God, I want to, you know what I'm feeling today? You know what I'm feeling, Amy? I just want to go home. I want to take my bra off. (laughs) I want to (laughs) fix some food, and I want to put secrets and loans on. Yeah, no. It's just not my vibe. No, me No, I mean, I enjoyed it, though. Yeah, it's a fun episode. And I have my bra on. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fun episode. It's just different. Than what we've been seeing lately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 We call this town meeting to order. All right. For this town hall, we had 29 pop culture references in this episode, give or take a few. There were some that we were like, do we count that? Do we not count that? So we just kind of went with our gut. Um, but what we really wanted to talk about for this town hall is the opening of the show, the credits credits or opening credits. Yeah. Yeah. The theme song. Yeah. So by the end of last season, we still did not have Paris or Dean in the credits. When we get to this season, season one, Or season season two, two. excuse me. So in season one, we have the pretty standard. It's Lorelai, Rory, Melissa McCarthy, Michelle, Luke, Lane, and Kelly Bishop and Edward Herman. Now, and that stays true like the entire season because I don't think Dean is even in. At the end of the season. A season one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now, as we go into season two, we typically will watch the intro, but sometimes we skip if we're crushed for time. and Rushed for time, not crushed for time. Rushed for time. And we noticed that in season two the intro is not the same every episode. Mm -hmm. So they have intros that include Dean. They have intros that include Paris and they have intros that include Jess. And then they'll exclude characters, Dean, right. Or Jess or Paris, if they're not in it. Right. So for example, Nick and Nora sit and Nancy. Dean is not 
in the credits, but Jess is. Uh huh. And like hammers and veils. Paris is in the credits and Dean is in the credits. But it's interesting to me. I've never seen a show do that before. I haven't either. Like I'm thinking of like a Buffy intro that stays like they'll change it every season. Like yeah. you get new moments of the montage montages, right? Yeah. But they keep the characters, I think, in there. I yeah. believe. I believe. So we'll but. have to kind of pay attention. And it is an interesting choice. And something I don't know if I've ever picked up on. But I'm curious when it will just become standard that these characters are just all in it. Mm-hmm. Because I think going on in the future, like Jess, you know, you'll see his name, like a special appearance by, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Milo. 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 Yeah. Joe. And I'm not Joe? even going to try his last name. Okay. But you'll see his name pop up and that's how you know he's going to be in it. It's like he's yeah. not in the credits, but. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Or like the film version montage. I can't really. And even <clears throat> when, so like, for example, we looked at Road Trip to Harvard. In that episode, there is no Paris, Dean, or Jess. Mm-hmm. Obviously no Jess. But it just cuts to a scene of them walking for added time, mm-hmm. and then cuts to Kelly and Edward. Yeah. But LaDon should have been in it. I know. Welcome to him. the Cheshire Cat. Do you want to ring the bell? You haven't ring rung the, the bell. bell. Oh, I can't wait to read the comments. It's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you give us a five-minute head start? Yeah. LaDon. LaDon. But an, an interesting choice, and something that Elise had pointed out, and I don't think I've ever noticed, because I'm just watching... Well, yeah, I happened to stumble upon it because all of a sudden I was like, oh, Jess is in the credits? Yeah. When did this happen? Yeah. So. Something new. Something different. I don't recall any TV show doing that. Me either. Oh, I also. And I'm sure it's been done, but. I also wanted to bring up um, the scene where Madeline calls. Did we talk about that? I don't think we even talked about that. So let's talk about it now. Um, Madeline calls Paris or Madeline calls Rory trying to get the scores from Mm -hmm. her. And Rory's like, put Paris on the phone. Yeah. It's like a three way call without it being a three way Mm -hmm. call. But when I watched that scene last night. um, So when we watch it on Netflix, it's in widescreen. But actually, the show was filmed the first Three first two seasons, first two or three seasons were filmed in this four three, like we see here for the intro with the mm-hmm. two bars on the side. Yeah, that is actually how Amy Sherman Palladino prefers people to watch the show mm-hmm. is in this four three, because when they turned it into widescreen, they chopped things off. Yeah, so now I'm like, I want to watch it in the four three. Do we actually see more than just Paris's shoulder? Yeah. Do we see her face when she's on the phone with Madeline? Uh, yeah, I wonder. You know? Um, I mean, I kind of think it's funny just seeing her shoulder. I do, too. Because you're like, that has to Is be there, Paris. Yeah, because it's like almost something, if you're not paying attention, you wouldn't even notice there's an arm there. Right. Yeah. So I also want to talk about that, too, because I thought of this last night, and I forgot to make a note, but we never resolved this 
this thing that they nope. brought up with Paris. No, knowing this the score. And almost, I think this is a weird writing choice because in the beginning, you think this is going to be like a Paris and Rory dynamic episode. Mm -hmm. And then that ball gets dropped and all of a sudden we pick up this ball with Lane. Yeah. I wonder if they just didn't know where to go with that. Because it just seems like, I don't know if it's poor writing. It's uh, poor writing, I think. It's just a little bit of... um, Lucy goosey writing. Yeah. When your thoughts aren't um, honed in. Yeah. And it's weird because. So funny I said Lucy goosey too. I know. Hell. No, I loved it actually. 70. (laughs) I'm feeling it. I think. I think that's poor writing. No offense to our lovely writer, but it is bizarre to. There's no way in hell. No way in hell. Paris would have let go of that. She would have been trying to figure out constantly. It would have been fun to bring her in the middle of her and Lane. Yeah. Like, utilize this And it could have been almost like a a trifecta of friendship drama, you Mm -hmm. know, where Lane is like, well, see, you have somebody else. Yeah. So I had to be in cheerleading. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Right? Expand the dynamic. But then I wonder, there's a lot more than we don't see behind the scenes. Right. Is there something where they did? Because, like, to me, that does seem like Joel, like, very bad, not bad. I don't want to say very bad writing. I think this was a, a, the writer did a good job with this episode. It's just that was loose. But is it something where she did have that more expanded, but for time range, they had to had cut to it? Cut it. And that's why it seems like, well, why are we picking this up where we have these two different storylines? Right. I mean, it is interesting, too, that, like, the bank scene happens in the last seven minutes of the episode. Yeah. So, like, we build a whole 40 minutes to get to the one scene that decides the fate of this big problem. Yeah. Like, they really used this problem to coast the mm-hmm. whole episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't... And it could have been done faster. I think so, too. And this is why I think perhaps this episode and the next episode could have been combined mm-hmm. in some way, in some fashion. Um, but especially because we don't see Richard at all in this episode... And I feel like this is something he would have knowledge on, being, like, insurance. Uh-huh. Like, do you not have homeowner's insurance? Does that not cover termites? You know? I don't know. So, something to think about. Yeah, I don't I don't have termites, and I don't have a... I'm not a homeowner. Me neither. On both accounts. <laughs> yes. Actually, I have termites. I'm not. Oh, God. So annoying. So annoying. That's that, my friends. That is loans and stuff. Secrets and loans. I called at the beginning of this, I called the episode loans and stuff. Really? And I didn't even catch it? I'm so tired. (laughs) This is all the overtime at work right now. So I'm not changing it. I'm not. I just want to say to you. Que sera, sera. Que sera, sera. That's what it is, baby. 
<laughs> All right. Well, you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at underscore growing up Gilmore underscore. And coming soon, OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a coyote ugly lemonade, lemonade stand. stand. <laughs> That's a pop culture reference from this yes. episode, everyone. Yes. I can't wait to put that in the video whenever I get to this. I'm so 11. curious. I'm going to leave a question. For those of you that listen on Spotify, could you tell us, do you watch the episode and then listen to the podcast? Because I'm so curious, like, how you are consuming this. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I don't, with the, um, because I listen to Morbid's Buffy. Yeah. And I try to watch the episode before I listen to it. But I don't need to either, because I know the episode so well. Yeah. That I sometimes don't, but I enjoy to watch it before. Yeah. That's my experience with uh, Morbid's Buffy. Yeah. Also, like, if you have any great television recommendations for the summer, I would love them. Me? You know I give you time. I know. <laughs> you do. I need... That's, like, my... All that's all I want to do is recommend. All the ones that me are intense. <laughs> so I need, I like, have lighter ones. Okay. I'd like to hear them. Right now. Okay, shoot. I do. They are very intense. (laughs) So, like, what do you mean, lighter? What do you got? Give me, give me some parameters here. I need a new Ted Lasso because that's gone and done, and I am depressed about it. Somebody somewhere on HBO. Okay. Oh yeah, you told me about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's not as I need to watch Succession, even though. Um, the Trixie and Katya podcast were like, that's just a bunch of white guys complaining about <laughs> money the whole time. And I was like, well, I mean, that's what Sopranos is, too. Yeah, you know, you'll like you like Succession. Yeah. Um, and I also need books. Yeah, I want to get I want to try to do a book a month this Me summer. Too. I, I'm i going to start. And I have fingers crossed to read. I do, too. <laughs> I don't um, need to go buy anymore. No, I have quite a few. But. I have the um, Prince Harry mm-hmm. autobiography, and then I have the Pamela Anderson one. Nice. And I would like to read that. Yeah. But I need to read. Yeah. <clears throat> and I have homework for work that I have to read over the summer, too. Yeah, I have so. some summer aspirations. I I don't want any new shows right now. I'm going to do an X-Files summer. And just watch X-Files. I've never watched that. I have not seen them all, but I love it. It's just yeah. my wheelhouse of campy. Sure. I love the sexual tension between Mulder and Scully. Like, yeah. Girl. And yeah. that's what I want to do. And then watch, like, maybe some of my old staples. Alien. Yeah. Jaws. You know. Yeah, I've never seen Jaws, so that's one mm. we should watch. Yeah, that's the one I want us to get up, rent a pool and watch it. And, yeah, that'd be so pool. cool. But anyways, but yeah. not that anybody cares about no. what we're going to do this summer. But I think that goes to say, just be prepared that there will be some weeks this summer that we will not post an episode. Yeah, because I'm working over time now. Well, not even just that, but just like, we want to enjoy summer. Yeah. And and, like, love... and Gilmore Girls takes breaks in the summer, too. Right. So it it feels... I'm not going to say that we'll post, we won't go weeks without posting, but there might be a week yes, here or there. Are there. Or I might post an episode on a different day than a Monday, just 
so we can enjoy the sunshine. Minnesotans only get sunshine <laughs> like three months out of the year. Mm-hmm. So we need to enjoy it and soak it up. And we also need to get ahead of schedule too for you because yes. you do the editing of the podcast. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's nice to be ahead of an episode. It's intense. Um, but <clears> we also have Taylor Swift coming up mm-hmm. and got to put a lot of energy into that. Uh-huh. And we're traveling. You and I are going to Iowa. <laughs> really excited. We're traveling. Yeah, we're traveling the world, baby. I can't wait for Iowa. No, it'll be fun. But uh, but maybe yeah. we can record an episode while we're in Iowa. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll do so like a us... backseat episode. Oh. In the car? Yeah. That'd be kind of fun, actually. It would be fun. Okay. Because okay. it does take like four hours to get there. Sweet. All right. Poor well, Emily, though. I know. Yeah, nobody wants to listen to that, actually. So maybe not. Uh, yeah. But yeah. But let us know what, how what you you're listen. reading, how you yeah, listen. What, yeah, like what you like. Yeah. I love TV. So give me some recommendations. Oh, yeah. So but that's where we are. So yay. lists are up on Pinterest. I will link those below. The playlist I will link below. Everything's ready to rock and roll. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. all we've got. So next it's week. It's ACDC, baby. Okay. What is that? You said you were ready to rock and roll. Oh, Everything I was see. ready to rock and I roll. See. And then got I said it. it's. ACDC. Got it. Baby. Baby. <clears throat> so next week, <laughs> we have season two, episode 12. Richard in Stars Hollow. Richard's Richard in Stars Hollow and stuff. Yeah, is the title. Yeah, and stuff. <laughs> Loans and stuff. But yeah, so we will see you next week for Richard in Stars Hollow. Richard the 3rd. Bye. Bye. Bye.